to be continued, a fanboy podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us on the various platforms such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and our newly minted YouTube channel. That's to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm getting to that. Please remember to like and subscribe. And as always, a five-star rating is appreciated. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that. But we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. So, uh, Edward, now uh, your take on uh, your take on the movie. Um, how did how did uh, how did it all come together for you? Well, it was no secret that you know going into this, I uh, when it was first announced, I oh yes, completely had zero interest in in one. I like a year and a half yeah. of this guy in my ear going. Yeah, I, like, just I, I just no have interest no interest in whatsoever. You, know, you sound like you sound like our friend Alex about the Venom movie. <laughs> <laughs> Venom was the same thing, and it's about these like because my these my one-offs. my main. My main statement and claim to this was that, you know, how do you make a movie without with it's without Batman? You know, it's like you're making an omelet without eggs, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. And um, um, but I gave in. And again, because of the media, the press, um, the timing of it mm. um, and the chatter that the, the the chatter that surrounded this movie and also the other chatter that was surrounding everything else, for example. Uh, the whole discussion about whether Marvel movies, you know, whether they're cinema or not, that's still fresh right now. You know, Scorsese, Coppola, they're they're jumping into it. It's one big like media fanboy discussion argument fight. You know, yeah. um, what does Scorsese, who was supposedly slated as a producer on this on on this movie, what uh, was what was he slated? What was he? Uh, what does he think of this movie? You know, I, I'm interested now. Um, this is indeed a character study, uh, and a very good character study. I will say that I enjoyed the movie. It was very well made, but Miguel and I, we were both, I don't know how you feel about it now, but I go, I'm not going to watch this anymore because I'm not going to watch this again because it is a downer of a movie. It's a very disturbing. Yeah downer of a movie and that's not that's not to say that, that again that's not a negative really assessment mm-hmm. no um you know uh, it's there are many many i've told you before i said my mom has probably watched a uh, platoon and saving private mm-hmm. ryan like maybe twice in her whole life and mm-hmm. that's all she needs <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's not one of those film it's 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 it is a film, and I and I said this to you yesterday. Well, right? then it's a good thing that it made seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah, yeah. DVD sales are going to be pretty shitty. Oh no, we're going to get back. We're going to get back <laughs> into that. But like, there's no doubt in my mind that this opens up a floodgates of maybe oh, yeah, ten years totally. from now. There's going to the be bottom. a whole entire category in film school, superhero genre movies. What are the movies that are going to get? They're going to be studied upon. This Logan by design. Logan, Boom. right? This by design. <laughs> Is, the Batman trilogy, I yeah, think, yes, which kind it, of for me started the whole. 
And as a smart a smart chip, because that's exactly what me and Ed right. were saying. We said, what yeah. would be the films? It would be this film, the yeah. Nolan's Nolan's Dark Knight, uh, and uh, Logan mm-hmm. would probably yeah. definitely get an yeah. automatic like pass into that curriculum. And uh, by, de- by design, this movie is a direct homage to, I mean, when you have the taxi driver in this movie and you're... <laughs> You're you making, do. You're making your characters out to be just like Taxi Driver, uh, or that you have the king of comedy in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's uh, again. That's a Scorsese movie for for you younger kids. Out Strangely, there. no Raging Bull. No Raging Bull. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I can't deny the the master strokes on this movie and Joaquin Phoenix. If he gets some kind of Oscar nomination, already won the uh, the the lion uh, the lion award. Walk the line. Walk the line. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, in, uh, uh, in, Ven- in the Venice, the Golden uh, Lion, the, the Golden Venice Lion Film Festival. Yeah, the, at, at Venice, right? So he walks oh, away. Oh, Venice. Away yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin makes this movie. Okay, let's let's just be clear about that right totally. now. Without Joaquin, totally. I don't think this movie would have any legs whatsoever. Um, but, well, that's uh, what it, I mean. I this is. I'm sorry to cut you off, no, no, but no, I no, mean no. that. You know, it's a serious superhero movie. And the reason why it should all be about tights and, you know, action figures and and super... I mean, we like the special effects, but you could totally have very serious, psychologically driven um, superhero movies. Mm. And he is is brilliant. I mean, he he is brilliant, brilliant in the world. I don't mean it's disturbing actually how brilliant I don't mean I don't mean to steal a line from you Miguel but you were like and this is an Alan Moore this is Alan Moore's no I said this is Frank Miller's Gotham this is Frank Miller's Gotham City Gotham City this This is is Frank Miller's Gotham Gotham City City. totally Uh, I also want to point out that um, uh, with something like American Psycho which I'm a huge fan of you know which also had Batman and Joker in it which had Batman and Joker (laughs) which oddly enough I've seen more than once it did that in itself is also very disturbing but it was done in a very um, uh, I, there was a lot of irony in it. That uh, a lot of things that made you laugh about the movie. There's a lot of yeah. black comedy. Black in comedy Psycho. in American Psycho. Like but card scene. Yeah. But this did not. This no. was straight up. Yeah. Straight up. I'm the I'm Joker, and I have and life is beating beating on me, uh, and I'm going to react to it. Is this almost it's uh, almost creating a new genre of the crime? It's not a thriller. Because it's not like mm. the cops trying to, you know, or anything. It's not an action film. Is this a crime tragedy? Okay. I mean, would you, I, uh, do, do, Anna? Do you do you find that a, maybe a, a val a, a valid sort of like uh, way to describe it? A crime tragedy. Well, what's what's uh, Taxi Driver? I think I, for me, there there should be a genre called the sentence of madness. There really ought to be. Mm. Yes, because, yes, yes. Because this is this is totally, you know, and you 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 see him just kind of. Just like you do in The Shining, just like you do in other, you know, um, I, again, thriller is the bad word. It's it's descent into madness. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it take to, to turn somebody into a complete psychopath? And this, you know, that which is, of course, the jumping off point where uh, the killing joke, the famous Batman story yeah. Um, yeah. is all about. Now, uh, for myself, uh, I echo a lot of stuff that Ed said, because as soon as I came out of the theater, I was on the phone with him and... Um, 
Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my like, man, woman. Have you seen the Joker? Dude, dude. <laughs> There's the enough post, of him to go around. Come on. the post-theater therapist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you give me your so number, you I'll start feel... calling you after movies too if you want. Yeah, exactly. I don't, how do you I, feel about Black Adam? I'm just, Ed, look, I don't know... Uh, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can know. After <laughs> Thanos, it's just what's what's left in the world. Anyway, so um, I was different from Ed. I was very interested in what they would do. Um, Joker in the comics had a very short-lived um, solo series in the 70s. Um, some would even say that it's that sort of like the handling of the Joker in the 70s that sort of made him really the Joker that we know. Going and then going into the 80s when it got even rougher and, you know, again, Alan Moore's Killing Joke and then, of course, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, and I, I was all for it. I was all for it. Like, this should be very, very interesting. Uh, everyone involved, it's Joaquin Phoenix, as you mentioned, is a powerhouse performer and you're like, well, what is he going to do? And then, yes, there was that interest in this director, Todd Phillips, who had, you know, didn't really have a, you know, um, a filmography that would make you think, oh, yes, absolutely, he's got this film in him. And this film in him at the level that it was made. Because taking, you know, even just putting aside his uh, writing of the film, this is a gorgeous movie. It is, um, it feels, it didn't feel like a set. That, it feels like the New York I grew up in. in yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right, it is. Yep. This was re New York, 1980s. It must and... be a jungle sometime. It makes me wonder how. <laughs> exactly. It was. It, it. It was. It was tactile. It was visceral. You felt like yes, this is a real place where real people live, and the performance of uh, Phoenix was thoroughly lived in, and as was almost most of the you know the cast. I didn't really find. Um, a false note. Ed had a slight one with uh, De Niro's character, but uh, I have my own take on that. We'll get when we right. pick it we'll, apart we'll a little more. Um, but a very, um, a very impactful film. Now, I was engaged. I was focused on this film. Um, I can't say. I was, and it's funny because I always say, well, the taking it serious, that's the fun for me. But this film, in a way, I was engaged. I don't know if I was entertained, which I do think factors into that rewatchability. It's not, it's it's crazily in the vein of something like uh, a platoon or a killing field where it's like right. you are absolutely blown away by the story. The filmmaking is fantastic. The acting is all great, but it's not a film you're going to pop in on a Friday night. I'm definitely going to revisit it, but I think once it's on home, you know, available, uh, you know, on a, on a home format, I'll watch it again, mostly for analysis but not necessarily to sit down and lose myself in this film and you know enjoy myself for two hours with my pal Arthur Fleck. I don't think that that's the type of film it is. That doesn't take away from it, though. Um, it is just you know of a, a, a very very well done, and I was on the edge of my seat throughout the entire story. I was never bored. Uh, I was always, where is this going to next? Where is he going to next? You know, and um, kudos also for them for this because, you know, it's the Joker. He's associated with Batman. 
And as Ed said, you go, you wonder, well, how are they going to do this without Batman? And they managed to do it by really only having, you know, two big scenes with Bruce Wayne in it. And they're not particularly long scenes. And one of them is, of course, the scene we've seen a billion times already, the death of the Waynes. And it still works. It still absolutely works. You know, and they don't hit you over the head with this is Batman, this is Batman, this is Batman. They're like, no, we need you to be absolutely lasered in on Arthur Fleck and his journey in his film. This is what's driving this story. The backdrop happens to be Gotham City. And, you know, you as an audience member are aware of that. You're aware of that. And uh, kudos all around for this film. Um, Definitely... As Ed said, it, it is a film that in the future will be looked at in in film classes, I think. And uh, we had discussions talking acting about... Acting classes, too. Yes. I, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. My God. And yeah. we had this talking about how, you know, well, in the, you know, there's like Western 101 in, in, in film courses. And similar to comic book movies, Westerns can get a bad rap. Oh, it's just corn pone. It's just simple... Mm. You know, good versus evil stuff. It's just a, it's mindless action. All those things have been said about them, which were, of course, mm-hmm. have been said about comic book movies. And yet, of course, the cream rises to the cr- to the, to the top. So you know, The Searchers is not a simple film. High Noon is not a simple film. The Good and Unfor- the Bad, the Unforgiven, you know, or Unforgiven. Exactly. These films um, are within a genre, but there's no denying that they are cinema. There's no denying that. They they are extremely well done. I mean, you know, which is a concern also because if the Western genre is quote unquote dead, well, you know, I, then, think, I think I like, think superheroes yeah. still got so some it's, gas. It's in got the some tank. gas for a while. Still got some gas yeah. in the tank. Now, um, I'd like to talk about uh, anything negative in the film. So I'll start with John here. Is there anything that stuck that stuck out? Uh, you touch. You said you were going to touch on it anyway. Um, uh, the ending and stuff. Let's uh, what. What about that? And uh, also the talk show aspect uh, didn't work for you. Yeah, it just didn't work. <laughs> simple, simple answer. Okay, just didn't, work. just didn't work. Just didn't work. Okay, all right. With the the ending? Yeah. Because I because because I have very similar feelings about about, about the ending, but um, but as far as the descent into madness, that's there. Yeah. Um. But, okay, I'm sorry. Or is it? No, I mean I, I'll get to more of what I want to say when we go for like the the positives. And okay, all, all right. Uh, Anna, is there uh, is there anything in the film that you know you felt they stumbled on, or there was a false note, or? Well, I mean, you know, being the huge Batman fan that I am, I you know I'm fiercely loyal to the character and Thomas Wayne, for example, who's Bruce Wayne's father. Um, never had the sort of reputation that they made him out to have in the movie. And I get why it's necessary and I get why he behaved and it's not necessarily, you know, pejorative, but, you know, it was kind of like the last tap on the nail that kind of just drove the madness complete for the Joker for me. And, um, And it bothered me a little bit that they had to resort to that kind of what what i would say about that actually is we know the joker's lens is an unreliable lens 
And, yes, that's and, true. And that's what my that that's what the girls said actually. Oh, you know, you see him dancing around with the the black chick, and you know that he's never been out on a date with her. So exactly. why isn't his impression of Thomas Wayne just as skewed as his date with the black chick? Which and is I was possible. like, that's a pretty you know smart thing to say to me. And you you're right. You're absolutely right. But that 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 yeah, I that's guess stuck that would in your be craw. explained away that's stuck that in way. Your craw. Um, I also I also feel like there's a couple of moments in in the in the movie that kind of make it drive it home even further in the sense that all of the people who behave correctly, who behave politely, um, are poor people. Interesting. And, okay. And I would not even say middle class or working class. I would say like downright poor people. And I and I found that a bit rough. Again, and in what in what through sense? A, a skewed prism. Obviously, it's his his version. It's through his eyes. It's it's how he sees the world. I understand why they did it, but I, I felt it was superfluous. Ooh, look at that SAT word. <laughs> yeah. We can uh, use that a lot. Eh? Yeah, I guess I do. Uh, Edward, uh, any false notes? Anything that you were uh, took you out of the film? Blah blah blah. Well, one of the things that uh, that I wanted to mention was the marketing of this movie. As soon as marketing hit, I was even way more like, I'm not touching this. With a ten foot pole, um, and then going into it, like yes, it is a gorgeous movie, but it's a very it's 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 gorgeous in the sense that if you're looking at a Basquiat painting, there's a lot of disfigurement, a lot of gray, a lot of grays, and a lot of uh, a lot of very muted uh, colors are used. Um, downright beautifully ugly. Exquisitely yes. morbid. Yes. Exquisitely morbid. That's 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 great. So we yes. are coining so many terms here today. I'm so proud. <laughs> um, what did I not like about it? Um, uh, as far as the theme goes, like because uh, one very deep discussion uh, that Miguel and I had yesterday in the preparation of this show was the th- the, th- the, them- the thematic structures, or even getting into the character of Joker itself. Um, you made a great observation. Where uh, the the killing joke is the Joker origin. Where, it was been the, it was the de facto origin for god decades. Where you know he falls into a vat of chemicals. Well, like a very downtrodden person who's experienced a lot of bad things in his life. Bad slight of luck. Bad and, slight of luck, and falls into a vat of chemicals, comes out crazy, and right. becomes Batman's arch nemesis. Has a one day break. Yeah. All right, now, whereas this film, this is one eight. is, they try to bring it to the real world. His whole where life, yeah, right. his whole entire life. You know, you got a guy who's, and I had to read up, uh, by the way, on 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 how the character was conceived. You know, where the laughing in itself is um, a disorder of his. You know, you're you're laughing at at um, a very Serious things. Yeah, you know, but the one one time that he becomes himself, and this is the brilliant part of the movie is when he becomes the Joker. Um, but again, the, 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 the bad things were not that. Um, not necessarily about how this is, yeah, this is just another take on the Joker. But let's say uh, the, uh, what was the name of the, 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 um, uh, the De Niro uh, talk show? Murray, oh, Mur- Murray, Murray. The Murray Abrams vehicle. Murray Abrams. The Murray go. Abrams vehicle does not work for me. It's a very inorganic device um, as a way to bring about the transformation of the Joker. 
Um, and then you also mentioned uh, about the mob mentality. What are they angry about? And we're going to get more into that. You know, what is the what is because this isn't a Guy Fox revolution that's taking place. Is this a uh, um, a, a an Occupy Wall Street analog? Um, to, to some extent, I, I'm not sure. Maybe we can get more into that. Um, what are its political leanings? Because that's something that is very heavy right now on the pulse that in, in, in discussion that's on that's out on the internet. Um, and that's one thing that's sort of not really defined. Um, but yeah, I mean, here you have a man who's had enough with life and uh like and they drop this idea of a talk show something that's out there in the media that people back then in um in the 70s and 80s tv culture was huge where you go and late night talk show is still pretty big right but not so much well in the sense that you know like every night america tunes into something at 11 30 p.m after the news you know and that's what what you what you went to sleep um, uh, you you, you sure. watch that and then you late night with Johnny yeah. Carson, and then you had uh, you know uh, Dave you had the, the how, New York version that came out with Dave Letterman and, and Jay Leno, and that's how you got your that's how you got your culture, right? And yeah. I go, yeah. Um, all right, so he gets implanted into this, you know, somehow he gets selected into into becoming a guest, you know, and then there's this whole discussion, and this is something I go, yeah, the Joker, this is not something that's very Joker to me, where he's like. You have me come on because you want to make fun of me. You know, you're a mean guy. You know, you're here to 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 <laughs> to, 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 to take advantage of me, you know, and and uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm I've had enough of this, pal, you know, and, and that was that. Psycho killer. Kiss, kiss, now, the psycho killer <laughs> stuff, um, it's like if we're going to talk about the descendant of madness um, of a psycho killer. Um, I feel that there are more, there can be more constructive ways or maybe a stylistic, more stylistic way of getting into that. But I felt that that was just perhaps the one, one thing that I walked that, away. That was, the, that was the false note. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not actually going to get into the fall, uh, into any of my, my, uh, criticisms because, um, I, I guess like, I come, I, well, yes, they are. Uh, I'm superfluous. I don't need. I, I, we proved in the beginning of the show. I don't need to be here. I can just be in the soundproof roof. And that's uh, actually guys... why he came in. He was like, "Wait a minute! They, wait, they have this much to talk about without me? No way! No way!" What is this? Darth Maul is actually Ray's dad. What? Um, <laughs> you didn't know I had. A, I had a glass next to my ear in the, in the door. It's like I told him I wasn't going to listen, but I can't. I can't hold myself can't back. Help it. Uh, I'm not really going to talk about um, too much of uh, the criticisms because I guess my big thing is something I'm still wrestling with, which is just the sort of overwhelming nature of how stacked the deck is uh, against Arthur in this film. And then how much I am the film itself is sympathetic to him or empathetic to him Mm -hmm. and how much I, I... because like I said, Phoenix drives me in this film. He's the one who's, who, who, not, I mean, not, forget drives. He drags me along. I was on the edge of my seat. He was pulling me into the film. And, you know, you can't help but start having, you know, some feelings for this guy. You can't help but, you know, have that, have, have sorry for him. Yeah, you know. Did you like it when he was Taurus? 
you know, his whole torso was exposed. And, and... <laughs> mm, I, actually, Anna, there was a part of me that said, was that all Phoenix or was there some uh, CGI uh, magic going on there? Because I'm it, sure that there was, you know, there was the same way they do contouring for girls' faces to make them look like they have high cheekbones. I'm sure they gave him more yeah, of a, this was a transformation. back six pack yeah, than um, he probably has. But but it, it I, I'm fairly certain he lost a very significant yeah, he amount was, of weight. He was for Christian this, for this Bale role. in The Machinist almost thin in this. It was almost scary. Yeah, um, it was the reverse of every other superhero movie that happens, where you know Hugh <laughs> the Jackman other pump or up all these other guys, <laughs> they they get a super pump on for that one shirtless scene because they know the ladies like it and they got to show yeah. off, and that's all. For this, Joaquin Phoenix was like, I can't eat anything today. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I mean, the, I, the, he really tugs at the sympathy. Yeah, they, they're guys. So that's about yeah. the only thing I would say. I would like to like maybe answer a couple of things. My take mm. on on some of. Uh, on some of your guys' critiques. Now, me and Ed had this discussion. Now, uh, we're a local program ourselves here in New York City. And, um, John, this dovetails into one of your criticisms as well. See, my take, Anna, was not that De Niro's show was Carson. Carson. He's not a Carson analog. He's much closer to the our own formerly local WWO or our Channel 9's decades spanning long Joe Franklin show. Uh, I, and yeah, I disagree with that. That's I disagree true. With that. Well, yeah. ah, see, Anna knows him. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, she does because she lived in Queens. Exactly. It's more uh, sort I'd of... I'd say an amalgam of Letterman and no, I Letterman see, No, no, I see. I don't think so. I think it was Joe Franklin meets Dick Cavett. I think that is kind Cabin of what it was. When you saw Joe Phoenix on the couch with the makeup, with the obvious Dr. Ruth Westheimer, mm. you know, analog mm-hmm. and the TV star, whatever, it felt very much more like um, sort of the way Dick Cavett show was when he would have these like important political discussions, which was not something that Joe Franklin did. But my sense was Murray was a local legend deal. This was the type of show very similar to Joe Franklin that... Let's be honest, your your mom, your grandmother, your aunts, this is what they watched. Mm. A fairly staid show, so some would, would have well, well, access here, to some celebrities, but wasn't I, I, really some sort of national thing. It was more of a local impact. And it's it's absolutely the type of show but that and Arthur Fleck Let, would totally focus on and and pour too much of himself into. And sorry to interrupt but like just for the audience sake or even Arun John because because of your age. Um Joe Franklin was um very unglamorous. Yeah. But he brought people on He had for gigantic spe- stars. Anyone look up this Wikipedia page you'll and get he the had stars. Ver- he had no stars on uh, me. Yes, and also that's the other celebrities thing. At, at, at he brought time. on weirdo local people mm-hmm. to the show. Local people all to the show. The sake, yes, that's true. All for the I sake of cultural discussion. This guy. Right. It was always a cultural discussion. Now Joe Franklin, yeah. um if if you're still scratching your head and wondering, like go said, watch Ghostbusters. Okay? And the 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 one yes. line to fame that he had was uh, have you seen Elvis and how is he doing? Right. <laughs> Something these, like- were the sort of, these were the sort of questions that he would ask. Right. And so so that's why I think that that's sort of where he fits in. And John, to your point, um, you said you didn't find it realistic that, oh, they'd let him go on there with the clown makeup. And I think that that is a very, and this is not. No, this, I didn't say the clown makeup. But, but that they would let this guy out. And here's my point. I think that that is, and this is not a put down, that is a very millennial view. 
because your view would be, well, there would be security guards here and people would be on edge for yeah, stuff. Yeah, nobody cared about guns back in, in 1981, the 80s. Come on. that was not Everybody a packed. thing. <laughs> we was in Texas people, and New York absolutely, at the time. a guy could have shown up on one of those shows in full makeup, probably not get padded Let, down. Letterman, Letterman did get in, uh, early in his career, there was a little, there was a little bit fringe in that in his career because he had uh, Annie Kaufman versus who was that wrestler that came out? Oh, and they uh, had uh, fights. Jerry Lawler, on that Jerry Lawler, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, there's always the some. Let's not much... forget about Geraldo, who you know basically all you needed was a chair in his show. Rich, oh yeah, exactly. Richard you know, Bay had weirdos on. You know, well that's more in '90s, but yeah, Geraldo yeah. getting you know his nose broken on live air. Yeah. <laughs> I mean these things. So you know that I I watched and I said, oh no no no, that tracks for me, absolutely, and mm. um. Anna, one of your 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 uh, what you said, where you were you were sort of unsettled by the way you said all of the lower class people you said were the only ones who acted proper. Is that what you said? Yeah, correct? politely. I would say the word is politely. I see. To me, we get to the end of that film, and this also dovetails into your talk about Thomas Wayne, where, in all honesty. Well, first off, in all honesty, Batman is himself kind of a prick. He is. Well, he is. <laughs> he is. He okay. Is. So if his dad was kind of a prick, mm. it tracks. Again, that tracks for me. But more importantly, um, in the end, when well, you Well, the apple falls far from the tree. Isn't that the whole thing about Bruce Wayne? Um, I mean, uh, that, that'll that take us down a, a road of well, look, fanboy yeah, stuff. It's a this different is, conversation. This is right, certainly not... Linus Roach's uh, Thomas Wayne, where where he's yeah, very he's benevolent, just, yeah, exactly. you know, like oh, I all built. the fatherly wisdom sort of sort of take on. on yeah. the, although we didn't really see his interaction with Bruce, right? So we don't know how that. We just saw the public what Arthur saw. Mm. So, yeah. um, in the sense of what what what? Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. Let's do a case point case test right here. Ed, you're at home. You're a nice guy, giving your son fatherly advice. <laughs> A weirdo comes in, knocking on the door. I need to see your son. I need to talk to him. This stranger, you don't know. Are you going to be like, hey, man, what the f is wrong with you? Get the f out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. There's that doesn't, no, make, I, that doesn't make you a douche, though. That doesn't make you, That doesn't make you, you know. to you guys because I wouldn't be able to answer this, but you're in the toilet and you're peeing comfortably, you <laughs> right, know, exactly. between your two little... <laughs> and some hey, guy comes staring yes, at you and you're like... Uh, I what might you be at? your son from the crazy woman who used to work for me. I you. think it's a reasonable yeah. reaction. Right. I don't think he's an over-the-top, no, out no, of no. his way but jerk. I will yeah, point yeah, yeah, out yeah. this. There's this whole, you know, they set up that, again, and this just gets into the politics. They set up the whole, well, the city is going through a bad time. Services are being cut. That affects Arthur. Trash is, and that's something that happened in New York City yeah. in the 80s. Trash it's is trash piling up. The social fabric is What's fraying. going on in L.A. right now? Right. The social know. fabric is fraying. Now, enter... Thomas Wayne, this scion of this family of the city, and he doesn't handle this in a very sensitive way. And but then, would you go and tell the the son, the adopted son of one of your ex crazy employees, his life story alleged. when you're already un untethered by his presence? Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm getting into something else though. I'm getting into the idea that it is sort of Thomas Wayne's dismissive attitude in the media that gets yeah. that sort of is the extra push for the rest of society That's to true. start going and you know but at the same time what 
what is his great crime? And this goes to everyone that Arthur ends up killing in the film, almost, almost to a man. Um, Arthur kills the, the those first two guys. That could arguably be a self-defense case. Right. And it was the media that said it was a class thing. right thing. Now, but he how, never he never said I'm going out to right. Kill it rich wasn't people that. But something. more importantly, he kills those first two guys. They're beating him up. That was a self defense. You can make a you a lawyer could make a case. He hunted down that third guy. Yep. He went out of his way to kill him, and then had whatever little freak out tai chi moment he had there. Um, <laughs> and don't forget about his mom. Well, wait, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting down the line, getting down the line. He kills his mother, who, yes, absolutely, his mother, who had her own obvious problems, had, through the way she had raised him, and, and you know, and, and, and then going, had contributed to his issues. However, again, a woman suffering under her own delusions, she didn't deserve to die. We get to. But he doesn't necessarily. No, recognize nobody her deserves delusion. to die. Right. Well, wait, but, wait, but wait. Think... And so, so then we get for again, we get further up the food chain here. Even his coworkers, that man, for what his sins were, did not deserve to die either. Mm-hmm. Murray, Murray, in my opinion, when Joker, when Arthur shows up, you know, in backstage, he's not dismissive or disdainful of him. What is Murray's sin? He made some tepid jokes that about Arthur bombing. The person who's dismissive in the scene where they meet is Mark Maron's character as Murray's producer. He's the one who's like, yeah, whatever, asshole. Just, you know, get him on the show here. That's my Mark, my Mark Maron, by the way. Um, <laughs> Murray, again, in that Joe Franklin, I like to spotlight eccentric people, you know, fr- that, that are local. He's not really dismissive of him when they meet. And again, his sin was he made fun of Arthur. Okay. Finally, the last person who, who, while not directly the fault of Arthur per se, Thomas Wayne, who dies in a riot by the poor, by the downtrodden of the city, mm-hmm. not definitely not acting properly there, mm-hmm. because he was indelicate in his public remarks. Mm-hmm. The people who rioted in Gotham for all of the issues that were going on and then focusing on Thomas Wayne. What did he say? Uh, he said, oh, they're clowns. You're you're, you're these clowns are are, are are cheering on a killer. And the guy who decided to kill Bruce Wayne killed him over that. Because it mirrored Arthur's own issues because Arthur's own issues for everything that happens to him in this movie and as much as I sympathize with him ultimately and he has his own issues that are that are even separate from his mental case he is lacking he's lacking a lot of self-awareness and a lot of wisdom maybe that's some of his but he does have some issues that aren't just he's crazy well it's funny because I completely agree with you but there's two things here that I think are really interesting Thing number one is that, and and I don't like to use this word, but use I'm going to use it, normal. Mm-hmm. Normal people, when they have a rude interaction with someone else, there's probably, you know, different degrees, but there's a portion of every, every single person who says, did I do something? Did I say something? Did I step on his foot? Did I misbehave? What did I do to warrant mm-hmm. a rude uh, remark? So Arthur doesn't have that at all. So there is no filter whatsoever of normality, if you will, 
that can basically qualify and make him understand to what point he's actually creepy and his creepy way I, of being merits or warrants the reaction or the adverse reaction of people that he has in front of him. Second part of this movie that I really loved um, is that he goes looking to see who his father is. Obviously, he knows his mom. But he goes looking to find out more about his father because his mom tells him that it's Thomas Wayne. In the pursuit of truth, he finds out that he's actually adopted. So what do you actually learn from the fact that Arthur is adopted? Genetically speaking, he should not have any kind of mental illness that was passed down by his mom because his mom being yes. crazy or delusional or all those things are not genetically inheritable by him because he's not her biological son. On the other hand, he's been educated and mistreated his whole life into sort of becoming the psychopath. And I find it very interesting that, you know, the, the thing that bothers Arthur the most, obviously, is rudeness, which kind of echoes for me Hannibal Lecter, mm -hmm. who goes around yes. eating everybody who's rude or who offends his, you know, sensibility or the flute player who didn't play correctly, right? But what I find very interesting also is another message of the movie is that mental illness is not necessarily biological. It is very much about how you treat someone, it's very much about how you raise them, and it's very much about the education that they get that ends up making the killer much more so than having, you know, the same genes as his delusional mother. Mm. I And uh, absolutely, you know, which is keys into the, 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 the basics, again, that going back to Killing Joke, the idea that, you know, in that story, yeah. it's, he had a break, a, a, a moment. Now... But, uh, but but here again, I'm like wondering. So it's the morality that you're just not. No, no, no. I'm I, I'm 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 saying that the, that that you're having problems. That, that you no, no, no. That, that that thematically there is an issue where I see it's like, okay, I guess it's hard to tell if the film wants you to. I don't want to say go as far as say morally sanction what he does. Mm -hmm. It's it's something I I often talk about when in in, in terms of uh, people's backstories it's or, or kind characters' of like backstories. A POV PSA. <laughs> uh, no. Once again, we are we just got to keep writing these things down. But um, more along the lines of this, John, it's more an explanation is not necessarily going to be an excuse. An explanation for why a person has developed as they have developed. And and thinks the way they. I they, think it was be... a public service. Okay, well, it okay, really well, was. All right, yeah, but yeah. but uh, my, my point it's the it's the same that it's like well, just because he went through all those things, doesn't make it right. Doesn't justify his actions. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when you start breaking it down again, the people that he killed and what he instilled, it's all it's very much about his his lack of self awareness and his bruised ego. And yet, as you a know, character study, um, you know, like again, like I. The brilliance of the movie is is for someone like me where I've I've grown up with very conventional, traditional superhero types where you go, yes, the virtues of truth, justice and the American way. Those are things that you just that gets imprinted to you from a very young age. And here it, it, it really shocked me because I'm like, yeah, man, you know, Arthur, you had a bad, you know, like I like I like I know exactly how you feel. And like, that's the go. razor's edge I'm and, talking about. Yeah, you know, and it's like uh, uh, I like the mob men mentality is <laughs> it's it's you know, historically, you know, um, and, you know, with, with, the French have a very rich history about this. Um, that's very real. Um, at some points, the levees will break when 
uh, when there's a breakdown in in authority, or there's a breakdown I was I was gonna in... go with a gimme shelter reference, but good Zeppelin, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> or give and, him cake reference if you prefer. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're that that's your expertise, Anna. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the, the the where mob mentality will surface, you know, and uh, and again, this is very razor's edge it's very real world there's a lot of stuff going on today you know and uh, well this is what i talked to you yesterday about which is that there is no doubt i listened to um uh the unspooled podcast so giving them a shout out and i disagreed with their sort of take that they were they they kind of felt it was just too much the sort of put upon-ness of him and i i reject any criticism of the film on that level because you know what for you know, exercising the obvious fantasy elements of the Joker, you know, going the supervillain that aspect, there are literally, literally, no doubt. I don't have to look at any data. There are hundreds of millions of people in this world who live lives like Arthur Fleck does. Sure. Who? But are, I, I don't think the movie's trying to excuse his no, actions. No, 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 no. But it does work into the sort of a political slant that Ed was touched on with the the mob stuff. Which is that, and and dovetails back into the Killing Joke because the end of the Killing Joke essentially is the Joker tells Batman, you know, he he break it down. He doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne, but he's figured out this man's psyche, and he says, you know, what happened to me was I just had a bad bad day, and he kind of had uh, the term is like a satori. He had a come to Jesus moment. He had some sort of psychological break where he started seeing his life. My life is a joke. Everything is a joke. This is so grotesque what has happened to me and he says oh it was one bad day that pushed me over the edge and that must have happened to you he tells batman he doesn't say he says it had to be something what was it your girlfriend got killed in front of you your brother was carved up by the mob something like that happened he says and he says but you it, it it drove you insane to dress up like a bat and do what you do but you still believe in things you still think in goodness in terms of justice in terms of the value of human life and batman answers you see and J joker says i don't see why you don't get the joke why don't you find it funny and batman says because i heard it the first time and it wasn't funny and there's something to be said that ultimately arthur's pain is real absolutely and that is human and you can't help but empathize but ultimately what he chooses to do with his pain, you cannot sanction in any way, shape, shape, or form. And Batman is the mirror of that, who is a man who also had tragic tragedy of not, what did Bruce Wayne do to deserve having his, his parents killed in front of him? Nothing. He takes that tragedy and his pain and turns himself into a, a human force field against murder. That's what he does. He decides no one else will die as long as I am within arm's length of them. Mm -hmm. And you look at the political aspect where, again, Arthur sort of goes on his killing spree out of resentments of things. The mob is an inchoate resentment, you know, blob of resentment and do what they do for that. And what happens there? This inchoate mob full of resentment at the elites and other people, basically because, oh, they look down on us. That's what it comes down to, really. Oh, oh, oh Thomas Wayne called us, called us clowns. And they embrace this figure who 
<laughs> who really doesn't care about them per se, but wants the adulation of the crowd, of the mob. And we get that incredible moment of the turning the smile up. And I'm sorry, you can't help but look at that ending and not think of the world we live in, we've been living in, uh, for well, the past three, four years. Well, the one most recent and... Uh, yeah, you again, got the yellow jackets right over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one most recent um, in news is uh, uh, Elliot Roger, uh, the incel shooter um, from uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, is it Toronto, Canada? Yeah, that was a while back, but I mean, Ed, you can also look at any of the recent Aurora. shootings. Mm -hmm. Any of you know, forget Aurora. You know, you can go back to any of the El Paso shooting, mm -hmm. um, the the the, the garlic festival, the, the the garlic festival shooting in 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 California. These are within these are months. Mm -hmm. These are months mm -hmm. ago, and but these not as specifically uh, manifested as with this guy Elliot Roger, who makes a video and says straight up, uh, you know. Women don't want to sleep with me. <laughs> you're, you're. I'm going to get my has vengeance. Treated me Life like is trash. treating me like trash. You know, like. And this is now an organized thing. This is no longer because of social media. Just the lone wolves. These are guys who stew in this daily. Go to Reddit's. Go to forums and just that is all they do. That is all they talk about is how life is treating them bad well, and they're not getting what they deserve. A moment in the movie that I had a personal experience with. I had a friend of mine who was taking medication mm -hmm. through her insurance and she was on a heavy, heavy dose. And then out of nowhere, the insurance got dropped or got cut or something weird. When you're on these medications and you're taking a big dose and then you get cut off and you and and it's cold turkey, it's it's really bad. Right. It's and, a bad br thing. and the brain chemistry and that goes happened. off. Yeah. So that was so real. When I was watching that and I was like, wow, I actually know people that went through that where one day they're getting help. The next day it's just gone. And they're, they're depending on, like, you know, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their regiment. And, that's, and that is and part like, of the sympathy yeah, yeah, for yeah, him yeah, as yeah, a yeah. character. And not even sympathy for him. This is just an antidote of what can happen right. to people. And it does happen to people. And and that's why it's, you know, again, I said that Razor's Edge part of the film, which is very... Uh, Razor's Edge might be the, 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 the best description of the film. Because it is the sort of, like, well, how much is it him? See, me, I come down to it on this end. Me and Ed talked about this. About the Joker in general. And Anna, I'm sure you're going to disagree with this. Because uh -oh. given what you said before, you, in comparison, let's say, to Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight, right? Who talks a great game about he's this agent of chaos and I just mm -hmm. do. I just go. I wouldn't even have a plan. Meanwhile, the entire film, The Dark Knight, is all about the Joker being the greatest planner, planner. in the universe. <laughs> he is a liar. He is mm -hmm. a liar of the utmost. He is in, I have no doubt in my, in my mind now, when I think of the Joker, and this has been for a few years now, uh, because I think too much about this comic book crap, people. But <laughs> I've thought, no, 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 this man is not crazy. It's a great act. And that may speak to him as the sort of stunted entertainer. The world is the world's a stage now, so he gets to put on an act. But it's an act. Even Arthur, to a certain degree, like I said, because, you know, Dark Knight Joker, I have no doubt something bad happened to him, same as the way Arthur has his bad life. And yeah, it messed him up some. 
But no man who, again, plans the way he plans, who is always trying to make a point, he's not bonkers. He always knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it. He has simply thrown away any and all moral pretenses. Yeah, and that's a choice. And that is a choice, and that makes him powerful. Because he has said, oh, wait a minute, I really, what is, uh, what I forget, there's, is the Islamic saying is all is all is permissible? Well, yeah, all is permissible. Oh, oh. So because he's opened himself to any possibility with no morals holding him back, he's not a psychopath. He is the world's greatest sociopath. He has decided that other people's lives and needs really don't matter to him. And you could even say Maybe right. they've been writing him this way unknowingly because you think about the relationship with Harley Quinn. That's the, not the relationship of a, a crazy person and a person. That's a manipulative sociopath. Um, I don't think I don't think that the definition of a psychopath or a sociopath is lack of intelligence. I think that they're highly intelligent, and I think that they're highly organized, and I think that they're very very good planners. I think well, that the I, difference I think between what you would yes. want to call normal. And what you would want to call psychopath or even a sociopath is that there's a filter that prevents you from going any further. And I think that, um, that he, having reached his breaking point, that filter is, is gone. Right. It doesn't exist. So killing the, you know, killing doesn't bother him. Whereas someone else, you know, might be bothered by it who might be normal. I don't, I think that sociopaths and psychopaths are, are highly intelligent and very good planners and, and they think ahead. So that they don't get caught, especially. See, I feel the the agent of chaos thing still is relevant because it's very it's no different than he's using his two face. Two face uses it's his is a 50 50 chance. Right. But again, look at that. That's a compulsion. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. (laughs) That what what two face does is nuts. Okay, the Joker always has a point. He's always trying to make a point to Batman, make a point to the world. Mm. Again, I just, well, it's just, that's my kind of like, uh, sort of like. Every killer has a point. You just have to figure out what his point is. Mm-hmm. That's probably why the FBI behavioral sciences, you know, exist. Right, right. That I may make a silly joke. But I think they all have a point. No, but I think that there's something else in this that, you know, we should maybe talk about. Okay. Which is, um, <laughs> No, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, the, the reasons why some of the moments in this movie kind of make you very unsettled is because um, it does echo, it does mirror some of the tragedies that have been happening in our society lately. And I think that generally speaking, when a society is doing well, um, there's always poor people, there's always middle class, and there's always privilege. Um, but I think that even... People that are in bad situations don't find themselves in such extremely bad situations. And so I think that, you know, as a society in general, breaking points tend to lower, if we're considering in terms of, you know, temperature, right? Your breaking point comes a lot faster when everything around you seems to be going really badly. Mm -hmm, True. And not just your life, but as a society in general, war, discontent, the... bank, uh, fraud, uh, corruption, blah, blah, blah. Whereas when society as a whole is going well, you know, your breaking point is much, much higher. And so I, I feel like, you know, the reason why this, 
at, at least personally, the reason why this movie disturbed me so greatly is because I kind of feel like we're not that, you know, the, the riots, and you made the joke about the yellow jackets, but the riots in France were not that very different from the riots at the end of the movie in mm-hmm. The Joker. Um, and, and are so not I, I confined kind of to like, France. You know, it's, it's, of, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Right? What? Say it again? I said it's, it, is a, it is a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, it, we, yeah. it, that, that yeah. social type of unrest is happening in places m- m- many of us wouldn't even have thought of a few years Absolutely. ago. And uh, so, I, it, you know, it's funny because we look at it and it's just a movie and we don't agree. I, at least I don't. I don't agree with violence of any kind. I don't think. I think that as a, as a civilized human being, you should always fight this compulsion to resort to violence when things don't necessarily go the way that you would like them to. Having said that, um, it seems to be more and more the response to a lot of things because people don't seem to think that they're being heard any other way. And so I think it's proportional, again, to how well the society goes and, and, and how how much, you know, the the... the General discontent has lowered the breaking point for a lot of its citizens. Well, and, th- and be specific, and this shouldn't be a hist- this shouldn't be a lesson in in civics or or political science, but it is not only just a character study on the on Joker, but also um, on Gotham City, and also well on Gotham City and open society. You mm-hmm. know, like what is yeah. what, and because we we tend to see things. You know, someone coming from let's say China would have a very different outlook on things because, uh, you know, when the government's making, according to certain Chinese, um, oh, the government's uh, trying their darndest to lift people out of poverty, okay? And it, at the price of censorship, at the price of keeping... Um, uh, um, uh, Freedom, workers' freedom, rights. Workers' rights. Mm-hmm. Now, in the West, it's a very different story. In the West, it's, it's our civil liberties... Our, our, our freedoms of speech, they're so inherent in what we are and what we do. As soon as that's taken away from us, hey, you know, like here in America, it's very different in Europe. We have guns. <laughs> well, also, also, Ed, let me add this to what you just said. The film talk, you said, talks about that. I think that there's an aspect, even though it takes place in 1981, where if we're talking about what can it say about today? where you said freedom of speech and all that. No, I am not making an argument to do away with that. But the free-for-all that is social media and the internet has allowed for some, I would say, some some damaging social movements, let's just say, or social attitudes to come on. And absolutely, Anna, uh, people have their breaking point. However, I'm much more forgiving of a person going over into into violence when I can under, absolutely understand the cause. You know, what happened in that film, and I would say to a certain degree it might be happening in a slow motion sense in, in America, these are not the... These are not the Watts riots. This is not what's happening in China, where they are definitely fighting against oppression. There are a lot of people who are just resentful. And unwarrantedly so in this country. And again, I'm speaking just for that. America. Yeah, I agree with And that. they are very, they are, they are built up their resentment to a point where, yeah, there are quite a few of them that are, that are taking violent actions or making very poor decisions 
in other aspects of 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 the world and society uh, in general when it comes to America and that's and again that to me reflects the sort of my take on Arthur and how you know I get I don't think anyone should be dismissive of no one is saying this film shouldn't have come out I'm not saying it will inspire anyone to do anything bad but I think it's short-sighted to not say we should discuss this you know or at least say this is happening it's worth a conversation yeah you know that this is i'm not saying to end it i'm not saying that you can blame it for anything Mm. but i think it would be too dismissive to say ah there's some conversation yeah now one thing have a conversation now one thing that we just did have a conversation (laughs) now one thing that's not uh, that we're not having a discussion is like what moving on forward how do other studios which we're, not going, which we're which we're not going into. we're not going to but go that into. is also worth a, uh, another yes, discussion yes which we as will well. definitely have at another time um i think we had a really great discussion and our time is up there's a bomb that's about to go off <laughs> <laughs> actually no that, actually i have my next patient oh, nice outside knowing, Ollie, yeah exactly <laughs> i have my next patient waiting outside so um right. yeah, yes, there are cards on the table <laughs> if you want <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, uh, as always, I thank the use of Pancake Studios, uh, provided by Jonathan Vergara. That's me. Uh, the producer with the mostiest, as always. He is available yes. for parties and bar mitzvahs, or for any other use of his right. facilities, and uh, genius in sound engineering. He is working on many, many projects right now. <laughs> we just uh, also want to thank uh, Anna yeah. Maria Grummo, um, uh, also a sponsor of the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, a, a master design, sponsor. you know, which... You know, we're still a- flogging those ads. <laughs> still flogging them, Anna. <laughs> and and thank you so much. I'm sorry if we didn't get to uh, you know any other points that you might have had. Um, no, no, no. It's but uh, it was a, uh, it's always great to have you on because you're so smart and you're so, so smart. well. Ver- Are you smart? <laughs> <laughs> Anna is always so smart, and she's always so well versed in a, a variety of topics. But you know, she knows film. She knows history. Um, and she brings an in, she really does bring an international perspective to things, and I'm always grateful when she comes on. Uh, I always want to thank uh, my not co- Tom Selleck, not Tom Selleck. <laughs> uh, my co-pilot is always uh, Edward Ng, <laughs> and uh, w- w- I want to thank you, the viewer. I'm sorry, the listener, the, 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 the viewer, the viewer. The one, the I viewer. blame you, <laughs> the viewer. <laughs> the viewer. <laughs> uh, um, uh, all our listeners and fans out there, thank you so much. As always. Uh, uh, like, subscribe, uh, check out our YouTube channel, which hopefully we'll be putting up a, a video at some point, uh, my reaction to the Star Wars uh, trailer. And as always, until next time, until next time, to be continued. Psycho killer, Run, 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 run away. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, guys. This is a good one. All right. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and now on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time.